The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed where we bust the myths and clarify the facts every week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm delighted that all of you can be with us today. We have a great show coming up today about baby wearing, and I'm looking forward to it. I have with me my special guest, Samantha Bennell. Samantha, welcome. Thank you. Samantha is a registered nurse, and she is a certified baby wearing instructor through the Center for Breastfeeding Studies, and she's a pediatric nurse. Her background includes work with local midwives attending births and teaching baby-wearing classes. She also works with local pediatricians doing in-office baby-wearing consultations and teaching families in their homes. Now, a special word about Samantha. She is an aspiring IBCLC, and I know that because she came to my course Oh, a few months ago. I can't remember now which, which city she came. And she hopes to one day be able to bring a, a baby-wearing program to her hospital as part of the prenatal education series. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Marie. Well, you were really fun when you came to the uh, comprehensive course that I taught. And I'm thinking, did you come to my Baltimore location? Uh, I was in Orlando. Orlando. Okay. All right. I knew it was shortly ago, but honestly, I do so many that sometimes the cities all kind of blend into each other. I would recognize you if I saw you, though. I just couldn't place which, which time it was. So, Samantha, help us a little bit with, when people hear the word baby wearing, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that William Sears coined that term in 1985, um, some people hear baby wearing and they wonder, what on earth does that mean? So help us just with, what is baby wearing? Oh, baby wearing is the act of using some piece of cloth device to wrap or wear your baby on your person and be able to use your hands for other things. So there's a variety of things that that means from Native African families where it's just a square piece of cloth that they wrap themselves up with like a towel, uh -huh. um, all the way to these hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of dollars <laughs> of, you know, uh, custom-made carriers that are available in the U.S. and Canada. Samantha, if you were going to sort of categorize those, I know that they are not, they're not a... a a stroller or something. They clearly are things that you have on your person. 
Hmm. But could could you categorize these? Because when I look at them, I think of them as, for instance, slings are different than those big, super long wraps that I consider to be just a wrap. Are there any general categories we should be thinking about as you're talking? You have soft structured carriers, which is generally what you're going to be finding at your local Walmart, um, your baby supplies store, Bye Bye Baby, Babies R Us. Those are generally what you see in those stores are soft structured carriers. And what that means is it's a structured carrier that generally has buckles, um, usually around the waist, and then shoulder straps. It looks like a backpack, essentially. Um, So that's one version most popular, one that America, at least, is most familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, You also have Maytai's, which is an Asian uh, descendant uh, of a baby carrier, which is similar to the soft-structured carriers, but instead of buckles, it has long straps that tie. Um, Then you have your woven wraps, which, as you were saying, were those long, confusing conflaboration of fabric (laughs) that gets twisted every which way, seemingly, to the inexperienced person. How did you do that? How was that baby staying there? <laughs> and then you I wondered your... that myself, but go ahead. <laughs> and then the last general category is slings, which covers ring slings, pouch slings, um, several other different kinds of specialty manufactured slings um, on the market. But those are generally a one-shoulder carrier, and then baby sits generally either belly to belly on your chest or on your hip when they're older and have more trunk control. So, Samantha, I'm hearing you, if I heard you correctly, there are four general categories of, of baby carrying devices. Would that be true? Correct. All right. And then there are some subcategories depending on what they are. So how is that different than something that is, um, they're not soft, uh, I'm thinking of something like the baby Bjorn. Would that qualify as a baby carrier or That would not? fall under the soft structured ca- uh, carrier category. Okay. All right. Even though it's got those thingies. It's got all the buckles and twisty ties. And yes, it's a little bit more complicated than, say, like a hiking backpack looking carrier would be. But yeah. yes, it would fall under yeah. soft structured okay. carrier. Okay. One of the things that I would suspect... If I was listening to this show, I might be asking myself, um, shouldn't I just put my baby in a stroller and uh, aren't, aren't, isn't that a good enough thing to do? Why would I be wearing my baby? Well, that goes back to biologically speaking how humans are meant to raise their young. When I took my baby wearing class, we learned about several different categories of Um, mammals as far as classifying how they raise their babies. You have your nest, your nesters, um, rabbits, uh, rodents, and those babies are meant to be left in the nest unattended for long periods of time. Um, Mother's milk is concentrated, um, so babies are okay with feeding infrequently. They have control of their bowels. They wait until mom comes back to stool. Um, those, Those are nesting type young. Um, You have your walking type young, cows, horses, deer, who are born ready to follow mother. Uh Um, uh And run with the herd. Right, right. And mom's milk isn't as concentrated. It has more of a water content, um, more carbohydrates in it, but they're born ready to walk and follow mom. 
um, and and their reflexes and their and their behavior is such that they will follow mom. And then you have your primates and marsupials, where we fall in, and those babies are born um, not able to physically follow mom. But if you look at the composition of mother's milk and their reflexes, they're meant to stay with mom. Um, if you look at our closest animal. Uh, cousins, the primates, there, and we are born with the Babinski reflex. Oh yes, they, mm -hmm. they they grasp when something is touched to the palm of their hand. In humans, that's left over from when there was fur for baby to grab onto, which shows us biologically that babies were meant to ride on mom's person. So baby wearing, as opposed to putting baby in a stroller, is biologically a normal behavior. Um, as far as what babies are meant to do. But babies are meant to be on mother's person at all times. And it, this is interesting because a few shows ago, we had Darsha Narbais come and talk about primal parenting. And she talked about the whole hunter-gatherer thing. And she approached it from a different standpoint of what you're saying. But you're still saying the same thing. You're saying that as a mammal we're really geared towards needing to carry our babies. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, and there, there's been numerous studies shown about the self-regulating and um, thermoregulation that is supported in a newborn baby, especially. They haven't done studies on older children at this time. Um, but just the thermoregulation that occurs when a mother holds her baby, especially skin to skin, but any kind of contact, um, belly to belly, is helpful. And I also, I think that you implied that to some degree, not entirely, but to some degree, the, the milk that the mother makes accommodates, if you will, how the baby's GI system works and what the tasks the baby needs to do. Absolutely. So, for example, I usually tell people that uh, whereas the little horse needs to grow up and have strong legs and run with the herd in order to survive, the little human would not need to do that. Correct. Those sorts of things. Wow. Uh, I'm hoping that our audience will stay with us. We're going to go to break. On the other side of the break, I'm going to ta ask you a lot more about breastfeeding as it relates to uh, baby wearing. And so I would urge everybody, stay with me. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your guest for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with expert Samantha Bennell. Samantha's going to talk with us more about baby wearing. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. 
Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we are busting the myths and clarifying the facts about breastfeeding. And today I am fortunate enough to have with me Samantha Bennell. Samantha is a certified baby wearing instructor. She's also a pediatric nurse, and uh, she has had an enormous amount of experience with baby wearing. She teaches it. She is living it, by the way, because she has uh, small children. And so I would like to start then this segment with, Samantha, before we get to the breastfeeding piece itself, tell me, what what sort of general benefits are there to wearing your baby as opposed to parking your baby in, as my mother would say, one of those plastic buckets or putting the baby in the stroller or whatever? There have been studies that show a myriad of benefits to baby, a myriad of benefits to mother. And actually, they've done studies showing a myriad of benefits to other caretakers that are not the mother, including really? specifically the father, which we'll get into shortly because, you know, the father's always like, I can't feed the baby. Yep, I yep. the baby? But I'll get into that. Um, to start with, the baby shows um, less energy expended to thermoregulate when the baby is belly to belly or chest to chest with mom. Um, and the reason is a really cool, and I forget the name of the cells, but there is a certain kind of cells that run on the front of the mother's body and the front of the baby's body, and they communicate oh, with each other. It, it's the C afferent nerves. Yes. Yes. Got they, it. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. But they but they talk to each other, and you've brought this up in in, in your speeches and your classes before that 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 the mom's body and the baby's body talk to each other. Yes. Mom's body helps baby's body thermoregulate. Um, it helps organize baby's patterns as far as sleep wake patterns. Um, held babies sleep, statistically speaking, um, longer and deeper uh, in a more healthful sleep when they're held as opposed to when they're in a crib, container, stroller, what have you. Um, the study I was reading, um, the infant slept longer, mostly in a quiet sleep state, um, and exhibited healthier reflexes. Nice. Um, 
the kangaroo care had positive effects for extrauterine temperature adaptation in hypothermic term infants, as well as showing a uh, better analgesic effect mm. for uh, infants when it came to heel sticks, routine IVs. Yes. Um, yes. It actually showed better results than the sucrose that they use commonly in hospitals today. Just the skin to skin, not even breastfeeding. Breastfeeding was an additional analgesic effect, but just pure skin to skin, even with father as opposed to mother, was a better effect than the sucrose. Yes, and I'm familiar with those studies just from the standpoint of, as you say, if the baby's having some sort of invasive procedure. Mm -hmm. Samantha, can you back up for a minute here? Because you talked about kangaroo care, and we've talked about kangaroo care on this show at least a, a couple of times, but I want to make sure that we're all understanding here. You can do baby wearing while the mother is skin to skin, but you could also do baby wearing while the baby is closed and the mother is fully closed, yes? Correct. But the studies that we're looking at as far as the uh, advantages for the neonates specifically um, the are most uh-huh. effective with the skin to skin contact, either worn or held. Okay. And when Samantha says neonate and I. Uh, chime in and say newborn, what she's really talking about here is a lot of people think a newborn is a newborn the first couple of days after he scoots out of his mother, but actually a newborn or a neonate is a neonate for the first 28 days. So, you know, really we can't expect the baby, a lot of times, you know, people talk to me about skin to skin and they think that's just something they should be doing for the first hour after life or maybe while they're in the hospital, but they don't realize that this baby is really... Well, as I like to say, he's more like a fetus than a newborn, especially in that first month. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you look at, again, with, with how poorly they thermoregulate, how poorly their behaviors are organized when they're separated from their mother. Biology says baby needs to be with mom. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, we don't always do that, but... <laughs> So right. we've got thermal thermoregulation, better thermoregulation, better sleep. Did you want to add others? It actually, they've done studies as well regarding um, infant learning behaviors, um, where the infant's uh, memory and their their higher order uh, brain function is uh, easier for them to access. It's uh, more developed when. Wow. When they're held, and the reason for that, I'm sure some of our listeners would be familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's uh, just what I was thinking. Yep. <laughs> um, if if your your needs for the very basic things, food, air, safety, um, if those aren't met, you can't progress to the higher brain functions. Um, right. So baby wearing really, really takes advantage of that. Um, not only from a from a biological perspective, but when the baby is worn, the baby is in mom's face. Mom can't walk away from the baby because it's attached to her. So this right. gives mom a better opportunity to pick up on early feeding cues that mom may have missed if baby was in the swing or the bouncer and she's in the kitchen making herself a sandwich. Um, so that, that will play later into uh, advantages for breastfeeding because it's so much easier to latch a barely hungry baby than yes. it is a really hungry really baby. Really hungry baby, yes, because <laughs> by then, you know, sometimes uh, all I can think of is it's like they're over the mood 
they've cried hard, they've tried to get your attention, and by then they're kind of worn out, and they're like, ah, forget it, it's just not worth it. And right. I think that you raise a really good point that the the baby is literally in the mother's face, and hence we're more attentive to those things when we really can't, we can't yes, help but not notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So certainly I... You know, I really wasn't thinking about the better feeding cues. I usually think of that as being, oh, when you're with your baby or you're rooming in with your baby and all of that is true, but you're saying uh, in a gazillion percent more when the baby is literally in your face, how could you possibly miss it? Right. I love that part about the safety, too, because honestly, Samantha, even you and I as adults, if we feel pressured or we feel unsafe or whatever the word is we've all had that feeling at one time or another and we can't concentrate on these higher level functionings and it sounds to me like you're saying well yeah the same thing is true for the baby if he doesn't feel safe his first need is about safety air all of those Maslow's hierarchy of need things and you're saying, therefore, it is unlikely that he's going to be able to concentrate on anything that, you know, really takes any cognitive energy, so to speak. Absolutely. That's amazing. Any others? Um, for mom, other things that you wouldn't think is a lowered risk for postpartum depression and anxiety. Oh, 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 nice. Um, And again, that kind of plays into the oxytocin release that comes into play when mom is in physical contact with her baby. Um, And it also, um, if mom's at high risk anyway, what's mom going to want to do? Mom has the urge to put baby down and kind of seclude. Um, Encouraging baby wearing is going to not only encourage breastfeeding, but it's going to encourage a hands-free way, pressure-free way for her to bond with that baby. Absolutely. If she's able to attend to her own needs, which are paramount importance, she needs to make sure that she is fed. She needs to make sure that she has enough water. Those are all factors you're looking at with postpartum depression. If she can meet her own needs, being hands-free and meeting her baby's needs at the same time, that bonding is going to happen so much sooner. And that risk of severe postpartum depression and anxiety is going to be so much more reduced for that mom. Samantha, do they have any studies that show about the correlation between baby wearing and the incidence or severity of postpartum depression? They do, and I don't have the study on hand, but I I can get it to you. Um, It was actually brought up uh, during uh, Leche League's conference last year, I believe, um, for uh, Kathleen. I fail to remember her name, but she was most interested in postpartum depression and anxiety. Oh, Kathleen Kendall Tackett. Yes. Yes, she was on our show uh, earlier. Yes, Uh uh-huh. And I I believe she brought up a a case study. I'm not sure if it was um, anything more than that, but a case study showing that the uh, the oxytocin release did did play a part. Absolutely. And how about the the fathers or significant others or the great Aunt Helens or whoever? What about those folks? They've actually done a study um, specifically looking at the analgesic properties of the skin-to-skin contact with mother versus father. 
uh, during painful procedures. Um, and though the father's effect was a little bit less than the mother's effect as far as pain control for the infant, it was still more than the sucrose or just putting the baby in the bassinet and being nearby mm. uh, after the painful procedure. So what that says to me is that the baby needs some kind of familial human contact to reorganize after an invasive procedure or <laughs> any kind of disorganizing event when they're still trying to figure out night and day, when they're hungry, when they're tired. Just that familial contact can help them reorganize, not only specifically mom. So that, that gives us another tool in our tool belt to give to dad, especially sure. when, when he throws totally. up his hands, I can't feed the baby. What can I do to help support breastfeeding? You tell that dad, you can wear the baby. I'll feed him. And you put him in the sling and walk him around until he falls asleep. And that gives dad a solid job, an effective job to do with the baby. I'm chuckling here. You realize, Samantha, that you are a living example of a mother who has a small baby. And I know that the small baby really can't leave you right now. I have to also point out to our listeners that this should not surprise any of us. What one of us, even as adults, would not prefer to be with a human being as opposed to being stuck in a in a chair, even maybe a comfortable chair, or being left alone, or being given some, I don't know, Kool-Aid to drink or something. If we had our choice between the comfortable chair or the sweet Kool-Aid or the whatever, I would venture to guess that any one of us would every single time prefer yes, to be with a best friend or a spouse or a significant other or whatever. It just, just seems to be so... Much sense. So much sense. Hey, listen, everybody. I know I said we were going to get to the breastfeeding, but we are going to get to the breastfeeding. It's just we're going to get to the breastfeeding on the other side of the break. Don't go away. I am Marie Biancuso. I'm here with Samantha Bennell. We will be right back after this short break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where we bust the myths and clarify the facts every week. And I'm here today with me, certified baby-wearing instructor, Samantha Bennell. And by the way, for those of you who care to know, Samantha is soon to be also a certified lactation consultant. Samantha, did you take your uh, your exam yet then? No, I'm going in October. October. Okay. So I jumped the gun on that a little bit. But trust me, Samantha is a very good student, very smart, very clinically able, and I have every confidence that she will pass that certification as well. So, Samantha, talk to us a little bit about why baby wearing is helpful, especially for the breastfeeding mother. Um, Baby wearing puts the baby in what's called the environment. I forget what clinician coined that term, but I love it because it's true. Um, I like to say you put the baby in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> the baby's like, um, but the, the, the environment, basically, biologically speaking, as we were saying earlier, is where the baby belongs, especially for that fourth trimester time period um, when baby really shouldn't have been born yet. But if baby had gotten any bigger, baby wouldn't have been able to come out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so the baby basically is, is going to complete his gestation in the environment, which is easy access to the food source, assumably the breast, um, close to mom, so mom can pick up on cues, uh, he can regulate, he can spend as little energy as possible regulating his internal functions, and as much energy as possible finishing developing as a human. Um, So the first and very obvious advantage for baby wearing and breastfeeding is the baby has the easiest access to the food source, the baby's right there. Baby can smell Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, yes. The sling. They'll do the little, those little head bob and scoot yes. themselves over in the carrier over to where they need to be. They assume the position. It's hilarious <laughs> yes. much because I'm seeing these little tiny six, seven pound babies in a ring sling and they've got themselves scooted into the position. Mom has no question in her mind what that baby's ready for. Absolutely. And the baby doesn't get to the point where baby is hysterical. Baby is calm. Baby is organized. Baby knows what it wants. And baby knows how to get what it wants. And it's a very, it's almost like a dance. It's, it's a very calm, soothing. Baby expresses its needs and mother responds. And that is advantageous, especially to the baby, to reduce the amount of energy on external stimuli the crying, to make its needs known. He can expend so little energy to make his needs known and to get what he needs that he's going to have so much more energy available to develop mentally and physically the way he needs to in that fourth trimester. 
Yeah, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about Darsha Narvaez, Dr. Darsha Narvaez, who came to our show here, um, I don't know, a few months ago. And she talked about the whole idea that originally in a tribal situation, the hunter-gatherers would need to keep the baby not crying because if the baby cried, that was like a public announcement that the tribe was there and they might get attacked by another tribe. And I'm thinking, well, this just makes so much sense. And and twofold because of the amount of energy that the baby expends to, to, to create that cry. Absolutely. The effort needed. is uh, That burns a lot of calories. It does. It does. Like, People don't have, recognize that. No. And you have these failure, especially the failure to thrive or the NICU babies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You need, you need them to not cry. Don't, don't cry. Just don't. Mm. Likewise, the cardiac baby or any baby that is sick or stressed or whatever. You also mentioned, and I don't want to let this go here, um, I I had not thought of it until you mentioned it, but babies have a very strong sense of smell, which most of us lose because the old, you know, use it or lose it kind of thing. But what I'm thinking is, yeah, of course, if the baby is right there, as you say, in the environment, he is going to smell the milk. And when, when people say, well, I can't get my baby to latch or he doesn't want a nurse, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but if you get him there and you give them the opportunity to smell that milk, that is a huge advantage, I would think. There was, there was another study that I looked at, actually, that, that looked into that and, and proved that just an hour of skin to skin prior to a feed increased the success rate of the feed and the milk transfer from baby no uh-huh. doubt about it. So, I mean, it's, it's proven. It's studied. It's, it's in the books. You do that, that, that con- even without the skin to skin, I would imagine, just that oxytocin, that nearness. Sure. Uh, and that connection between mother and baby would make the, the, breath, the act of breastfeeding um, much less filled with pressure because you're already in sync with each other. If you've so, got that- Go ahead. If you've got that contact with each other, you, you've, you've already kind of organized to each other. And it makes it easier to communicate in the breastfeeding relationship. Samantha, I know hundreds, maybe thousands of breastfeeding mothers who do not do baby wearing. So my question to you is, why are women hesitant or why do they decline breastfeeding, or excuse me, uh, baby wearing at all? Why, why do people not do it? Um, it could be something as simple as the mother doesn't understand the safety features of a carrier and would, would feel more secure just physically holding her baby, which is absolutely fine. Um, a lot of first-time moms don't see a need for a carrier because that's the focus is just that one child, that one baby, and they don't, they don't necessarily need to chase after other smaller children or um, they, they don't need to be the hands-free so it's not it's not a priority to them um which is fine but again bringing uh, back <laughs> <laughs> um but bringing well, back what about, into what about the parent who puts the baby in a stroller or puts the baby in one of those uh uh nip-nap chairs or or uh baby carriers or, or i don't mean that i mean um 
the car seat or the bouncy car, chair. Car seat, yeah, yeah. What about, why do people do that instead of, uh, now in the car, that's another story. But a lot of people use that car seat for way beyond uh, the car. So why do you think that they use those devices instead of do baby wearing? Um, I haven't done any research on this, but personally, I really think it's a, it's a cultural thing. I do too. It's it's definitely it's it's a cultural um, American moms carry their babies in the car seat. <laughs> yeah, they just that's don't. How, that's how we move our babies from place to place in plastic containers. And a hospital right, so, have so plastic containers that you wheel down the hall. It just it that's how we move our babies. But you didn't do that. So what got you into the whole baby wearing thing? Uh, I will tell you, my, my mother breastfed all three of us, so I was already kind of predisposed to the hippie gene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and she, she was kind of an attachment parent back in the day, just out of sheer necessity, my mother's death. So if she were to put me, her firstborn, in a crib and walk away, I don't know. So she, she carried me in a sling because it, Again, it kept me in her face so she can see that everything was okay. Absolutely. Um, so when I got pregnant with my first four and I went on the ever infamous Baby Center website on their massive amounts of message boards and found that baby wearing was a thing. Okay. It was a thing that attachment parents did. Um, and that kind of introduced me to, I guess, the subculture of attachment parenting or whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. Um, and, and that just, it, the practice just made sense to me. It just made, and I'm, I'm a logically minded person. That, that was logical. You carry your sure. baby. Sure. Okay. Biology says this is what you're supposed to do. So I did it. Well, let me tell you what one of my objections would be. The first time that I scoped out one of those super long wraps that I swear is like eight or ten feet long, you know the kind I mean, mm-hmm. um, the woman assured me that she could wrap me in it. And she also assured me that it was really great to have the wraps because they fit anybody, any person, uh, including fathers. Okay, so she wraps me, and I'm thinking, there's no way in creation I'm going to remember this for five minutes after she gets done doing it. And then she assures me that that she can wrap men as well. Well, what she wasn't expecting was that I brought my king-sized husband along, Mm -hmm. but much to her credit, (laughs) she did wrap him. But I wouldn't have been impressed because I just didn't think that I could replicate that. Do you think that's one of the turnoffs for mothers? And what's your recommendation? With that particular carrier, that's absolutely intimidating. There is a huge learning curve with the woven wraps, which is the kind of carrier that you're speaking of. Because uh-huh. it, it does. It looks intimidating. It's a long piece of fabric. And where are the yep. safety features? And where are the bells and whistles? And I don't understand how this works. Yep. Um. So that's generally not the first carrier I introduce to to new families interested in baby wearing. My gateway carrier, so to speak, generally is a ring sling. Yep. Okay. And the reason why is because it's just one piece. You can see the buckles and you understand how it works. It's not complicated to apply, insert the baby, or use. Um, And it's also very convenient for breastfeeding because yes, the adjustment yes. is right there where your hands are. It's right in front. 
so you can adjust to get the baby in breastfeeding position. Um, it's another one of those carriers that have a very wide range of body types that it can accommodate. Um, and it has a com comparably low learning curve to it. The one uh, drawback that I hear from new families are I'm concerned about what's holding the baby on the bottom. Mm, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is un absolutely understandable. Um, but I, I explain it to them like it's a swing or a hammock. And hammock. how do you sit yep. on a hammock and not fall out? Well, it's you'd sit in the hammock up to your knees and your butt kind of sinks in. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which is exactly how your baby is staying in the ring sling. The fabric goes up to her knees and her butt sinks in. And, then and yet, Samantha, those come in different sizes. So how do you help the parent to know that they've got the right size? The sizes for the ring slings aren't as stringent as some of the manufacturers make them out to be. Uh-huh. Um, okay. If we're going to put your husband in a ring sling, say, then we're probably, yes, we're going to need like an extra large type situation. Um, but generally, uh, like the Maya ring slings. Yes. Come in uh -huh. one general size, and medium is pretty good for a size two through a size probably eighteen. is is probably what they're good for. You're going to have a little bit more tail, which is the fabric that hangs after you put the baby in, or right. you know you might have more or less tail hanging afterwards, but you'll be able to get it around you and get the baby in with. A lot of that's preference. Some people like lots of tail hanging down and some people don't. So if, if they're going to be bothered by something hanging down that you want, you're going to want a little bit less tail, you kind of size down. But um, it sounds like there's no real big hard and fast rule here. Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely. wow. I got to tell you, you've relieved me enormously because I always feel like I should be smarter to figure out if it should be the medium or the large or the large or the medium. And, yin, 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 yin. and you're telling me, no, I really don't need to sweat that. Well, tell you what, uh, we're going to be back and I'm going to ask you to ask to tell parents on the other side of the break how to shop for one of these things so that they really get the thing that they really want. Hey, everybody, I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm here with Samantha Bunnell. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week, we bust the myths and clarify the facts, and I'm here today with certified baby-wearing instructor, Samantha Bennell. Uh, I recruited Samantha for this when she came to my lactation uh, comprehensive lactation course several months ago, and she seemed to know so much about this that I thought, oh, wow, this would be a wonderful person to be able to really enlighten people about why they should want to do baby wearing, its connection with breastfeeding as well as other benefits that one can have from the baby wearing. So, Samantha, all of that is really well and fine, but if I'm the new parent and I'm going out to shop, you articulated for us three or four main kinds of uh, devices. That's great. But how do I go and shop for one? How do I not get sticker shock when I find out that one of those eight or ten foot pieces of, of uh, material costs $100 or more? You know, how, how do I get the one that's going to be good for me, good for my baby, good for my budget? Help me develop some criteria here. All right. So, so you're going to want to look at what do you want this carrier to do? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want it to be uh, easy on, easy off? Or are you looking for this to be something that you throw the baby into the grocery shopping? Is this something you're going to keep in the car in lieu of a stroller? Uh, or in lieu of carrying the car seat into a store with you? Um, if you're looking for something to that effect that needs to be quick, easy on, easy off, you don't mind if it's not going to last the baby until he's two or three or what have you, then you're probably going to be looking at a, uh, a soft structure carrier or a ring sling. Okay. And beyond that, that's really what you're going to be most comfortable with. You're going to want to be able to go to a store, Babies R Us, Bye Bye Baby, and be able to try on these carriers. Put them on, put them off. How does it feel? How does it fit on you? Um... Is this going to meet my needs? Does this do I feel confident mm, with how this works? Okay. Okay. Um, beyond that, if your baby is three, four months old and you realize this baby is a high needs baby, I'm going to be wearing this baby until he's in college. Um, or if you're going to be um, wearing with uh, another parent or another caregiver, if you're going to be sharing a carrier, um, you're going to want something that has a little bit more flexibility as far as fitting a body type. So right. in that case, you can look at a uh, May tie that looks like a soft structure but has ties instead of buckles. Um, those are nice to swap between caregivers because it's not uh, a buckle that you have to adjust. Sure. But it's the same okay. general idea and there's a piece of fabric that the baby physically sits in so caregivers have more confidence that baby is secure in this carrier. Um, or the other option, if you get bitten by the baby-bearing bug, as I call it, <laughs> just looking into the, into the woven wraps. And, and really, the disadvantage to the woven wraps is there, there is a learning curve. Yes. Um, it does take some practice. It's an art. 
Um, but the advantages to that is that one piece of fabric that just looks like fabric can be turned into so many different things. You can wear your baby on the front. You can wear your baby on the side. You can wear your baby on the back. Daddy can wear a baby. Grandma can wear a baby. Anywhere can wear. You know, it, the 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 amount of applications for a woven wrap um, is endless. If one carry doesn't feel comfortable to you anymore because baby has gotten too big, you can tie it in a different way so that baby is more supported. So you're more comfortable. You have that adaptability with the woven wrap. Um, so if that's something that you're going to be using day in, day out, you have five of, you know, you have several other children, you homeschool, you need your hands free for a good portion of the day. The woven wrap, it takes a hot, you know, an extra couple of seconds to get the baby in it. But long term, it, there's a, a possibility that it's going to be more comfortable for you and for the baby. It sounds um, like it's more versatile with what it will do, who it will fit, and how long it will last. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and the, the big clunker is that people like me say, wait a minute, I'm never going to be smart enough to tie this thing. But is, is that really the worst disadvantage to it? That, the learning curve is really the, the, the only thing that I can, I can really say as a disadvantage. And the nice thing is that baby wearing groups, uh, especially through Facebook, are popping up all over the country. I guarantee your listeners, if they're interested in baby wearing, they can search baby wearing groups on their Facebook. And there will be one that meets within an hour or two of their home. Um, So this is becoming a a widespread subculture, and there are resources out there. There are YouTube videos that show you how to use the carriers. Oh, right, right. There are resources out there. It's not like you're buying something in the store and you get home and you're kind of scratching your head like, all right, now what? There there are resources out there, and there are certified baby-wearing instructors, um, both uh, from the Baby-Wearing Institute and from Center for Baby Wearing Studies, which is where I got my certification from. And they're available all across the country as well um, that do home visits and assist you in, one, picking the right carrier for you one-on-one. And once you pick a carrier, making sure that you're using that carrier safely. So it sounds to me, Samantha, like it's not like once you buy the product that, that it's goodbye and good luck and you've got to figure it out yourself. In the very few minutes that we have remaining, could you give us just a quick list of the top three or four or five things that every parent should know before they do baby wearing? Top things that we should know. You have support. You okay. have options. Support um, and options, okay. What's next? The availability of these carriers from Amazon to Walmart oh, is astonishing. Right. right. Uh, so okay. they're available. These things are available to you. Um, okay. Honestly, when it comes down to it, this is how biologically it's easiest for us to parent our children. Okay. So sort of improves the parenting um, experience. I'm thinking about things like safety, positioning, that sort of thing. As far as that goes, um, making sure that you can see your baby's face at all uh times. And Um, kiss the top of his head? No, you want to see the entire face. The entire face, okay. The entire face needs to be visible at all times. You need to make sure, especially uh, under five months, that uh, you can stick your pinky in between their chin and their neck to assure that their airway is not compromised. Clear, yep, okay. Um, and then just how about, make, uh, age, how about age appropriate stuff? 
um, probably again up to about three or four months when they start spreading their hips you're gonna want something that really supports um, knee to knee their whole bottom part um, you said they have knee like to a knee yarn that has their a whole narrow piece part. of fabric yeah. knee to knee it's going to be most comfortable for everyone involved um, which by the, the way that's one of are nice that's one of the favorites of Selena, who works in our office. She has used hers quite a bit, I know. Well, I'm sure that our listeners can appreciate that there are about a gazillion things that we could be saying here about uh, baby wearing because there's so much to know and to learn, but those were really good points. I, it's all the time that we have today, but before we sign off, I'd like to thank Samantha Bennell for talking with us today. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Marie. Uh, for any of you who are interested in books or other media that might be mentioned on this show or other stores, uh, shows, uh, check out our Amazon.com store. Visit us at borntobebreastfed.com and you'll see our Amazon store. Again, that's Born to Be Breastfed for books or media or products or whatever. And check out our Facebook page, too. Feel free to leave a question for me or for Samantha or any of our guests past or present. We'll be happy to try to get back to you. If you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Check out my professional site. It's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'll promise you I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember... Your baby was born to be worn and born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.